Hey y'all, what's up? It's your girl Ivy Kisses. And so tonight we are talking about the effects of post-traumatic stress disorder and what causes it. So remember, in my description I say that there are some episodes that are going to be heavier than others. This is one of those heavy episodes. So if it's going to trigger you in a negative manner, again, that's not my intention. My intention is to bring attention to things that people often ignore or people notice and just don't acknowledge because they don't know how to address it in a positive manner or a manner that doesn't lead to a lot of negative um, feedback or action back is what I like to call it, like assault or fights, fists slaps that type of thing so tonight again i say this is one of the heavier episodes because we're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder the things that cause it and how many people just really are affected by this okay so most people when they hear post-traumatic stress disorder they automatically think about veterans military things in relation to being a veteran and having served in any branch of the military. But that's not the only thing that causes post-traumatic stress disorder. If you're a person who's domestic, who experienced domestic violence, guess what? Post-traumatic stress disorder. If you've ever been raped, gang raped, sexually assaulted in any kind of way, post-traumatic stress disorder, if you've ever been bullied in an extreme manner, guess what? Post-traumatic stress disorder. So it's like in the categories, in the event that we fall into a category that's outside of a veteran, what do we do? Who do we talk to? Where do we turn? You know, some women that are suffering postpartum depression and they end up killing their children as a result of that, they are suffering post-traumatic stress disorder. Women that are told they are barren and will never have children, that affects them mentally on such an extreme level that they are categorized as having post-traumatic stress disorder. So this is any traumatic event, be it domestic violence, rape, you know, sexual assault, verbal assault, anything like that. So it's like if you've been verbally assaulted, physically assaulted, emotionally assaulted, you could have post-traumatic stress disorder. And a person like me who's been suffering trauma ever since I was two years old, I'm now 32 years old, Trauma just stopped when I turned 27. And actually, that's not the case now because last week I almost died for somebody trying to get insurance money. My life to me is worth way more than $1,500 or whatever they pay you for insurance fraud. You feel me? So, I say that to say this, yes, there are services offered 
to veterans suffering post-traumatic stress disorder. But what about all the others that fall into different categories, but they still suffer from the same thing, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. They could have been a serial killer's last victim and was intercepted by the police, you know, killing the serial killer so they didn't end up killed, but they're still traumatized by that. I was kidnapped and whatever happened before the police got there happened and then this man's blood is on my face now because they blew his brains out so he wouldn't blow minds out. That shit is traumatic. I'm in this group home because my mom felt it was a better place for me to be than with her while she's addicted to drugs. And so I'm in this group home where I'm assaulted sexually by all the staff members on a daily basis. And that's considered okay because who the fuck else wants you? That is post-traumatic stress disorder. That college girl that went to a college in a big city and she's from a small town and she just wanted to party and have a good first night out with her friends and ended up getting roofied and gang raped is now suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. A girl that decided to marry her high school sweetheart because she felt that was the love of her life but he verbally assaults her every single day telling her she's never gonna be shit. She's not gonna mount to shit. Don't nobody else want her because she ugly. She worthless, all type of shit to make her feel bad and to start mentally doubting herself. Guess what? Post-traumatic stress disorder. It's real. And so if we're not veterans, it's not always put into a category that is prioritized <clears throat> as something that's important. There are kids who were victims of Munchausen syndrome, so that's where their parents wanted so much attention that they created diseases for their kids to have just so they can get more attention and having people feel sorry for them even though there's nothing wrong with their child or that mentally fucked them up by locking them in barns and sheds and closets and doing twisted shit like molesting them, you know, family molestation, outsider molestation, all of it, post-traumatic stress disorder. The shit is intense, you know, especially on kids that don't have parents, that kids are kids of the system, they belong to the state. So they're either in foster care or they're in group home, but it's not in care of their parents. So they already got a fight with like, you know, my own parents didn't want me. So why should I give a fuck about me and what happens to me if my own parents didn't even give a fuck enough about me to raise me, you know? And that may not be enough that the, the thought in the parents' mind when they gave up the child, but that's the thought in the child's mind every day. And I know that being that child firsthand. So when you grow up with the mentality of fuck everything, fuck everybody, I do me and I get my own money. I do what I want when I want because I'm the one that takes care of me. 
a mentality. That's a mode of survival, okay? But when you get to that level that you need to be at, right, and that you work so hard to get to, it's time to open up and build relationships and build foundations for future successes. You know, they call it networking in the business world. You got to be able to do that. So you have to take your mind out of survival mode. And that's something for another episode. But right now on here, if you're not a veteran, basically, you don't have post-traumatic stress disorder because there's nothing so traumatic in America's mind that you would be considered someone who needs services for post-traumatic stress disorder. But did you hear all those examples I just listed? If not, go back and replay them so that you can hear. All of those things are extremely traumatic and they affect you mentally, psycho, you know, physically, emotionally. They affect how you interact with people socially. So that social level affects your work. It affects your school. It affects everything that you're doing to try to better yourself. And because you're a person who's already considered a person that doesn't matter to normal people in society, that's what they say, normal people, because y'all had parents, but bitch, we got parents too. They just didn't raise us. We didn't come out of nowhere. We were birthed from people who just happened to not raise us. So a lot of people ready to give up and ready to do that because there's no one that supports us or tells us life is gonna be okay. We have to fight through that shit. And we have to tell ourselves we matter, even though we've been showed our whole life that we don't, okay? So the foster care system, when I grew up in it, was really fucking ruthless, man. Ruthless. They don't give a fuck as long as you back here in the three days that it takes for us to continue claiming money for you. We don't give a fuck about you, what happens to you, what you do. As long as you back so we can get our money, basically. And you're in that position because your parents didn't want you already. Or for whatever reason, you can't be with your parents. So, already, you're already facing this as, you know, an adolescent. You're not even a teenager yet, but a young kid. Preteen. Feeling like you don't matter. Your opinion ain't shit. Because who really gives a fuck about you? Real talk. And it's not a lot of people that will tell you anything contrary. But <clears throat> I'm going to share a story with y'all what helped me get over my post-traumatic stress disorder. And like I said, it's going to be a heavy episode because it's still emotional for me, even though it's been a decade. To me, it's just like yesterday. So my firstborn, 
was my son, Devon Armand Williams. I named him for the success I knew he was destined for, to be. And the next day I'm told he's never gonna leave the hospital. Okay, never, ever. Fast forward a month later, it was the end. My son was gone. And it was like, are you kidding me? You feel me? My firstborn, so I don't have any other kids at home. I don't have any other kids around outside my nephew. It's just, I don't get to take my son home. So when I say I camped out at children's, baby, I camped out at children. Because as a parent, they'll bring a chair that folds out into a whole last bed. If you want to stay there with your baby, and I made the choice to stay there with my son because I felt like if he was healthy, I would have brought him home and he would have been with me anyway, right? So I'm not going to abandon him just because he doesn't get to leave the hospital. He needs me now more than ever. So that right there, a month later, I lost my son. Okay? Six months after that, I lost twins. So pregnant again, I lost twins. Huh? So I couldn't watch any baby commercials. I couldn't do anything. I was extremely depressed and extremely fucking reckless because I didn't give a shit about anything. I lost my kids. So in my mind, I felt like I wasn't supposed to have kids. And I couldn't equate that because I love kids so fucking much. It's like the world is so fucking awful. Once you become an adult, because you start to realize the shit that everybody kept hidden from you for the sake of your innocence, you know? But not all kids are innocent. And because I wasn't raised in a traditional manner, I grew to know things ahead of some other kid. So in my mind, it was like, so I lost my son that I stayed with for just a month. My twins that I never get to meet because they were a miscarriage only because my body rejected them. They came too soon after my son, so my body wasn't reset and ready to carry another kid, so it just shot them out. And so I was extremely depressed, but I was more angry and filled with rage than I was depressed. I was reckless because... Fuck what you talking about. Nothing ever could hurt me more than losing my kid. Okay? Nothing. There's no pain that compares to that. I'm a chef. I've been steam burned and boil burned, like with hot water, with fire, with steam, with all type of shit. Cut myself on sharp ass shit. Cut damn near cut fingertips off and shit. As a child, a victim of domestic violence, sexual assault. 
I've been through some shit that motherfucking hurts, but nothing fucking hurts more than losing your kid. Nothing. Especially when it was your firstborn and the first two afterwards. So I don't want to hear shit about I have more at home than they helped me through a bitch. I don't have none, bitch. This is my firstborn. So when I say I got reckless, I got real fucking reckless, man. And so to not incriminate myself, I'm not going to say like a lot of the shit that I did. But like I said, couldn't nothing hurt me more than losing my kid. So fuck what you talking about. Fuck what's going on. I want the world to hurt like I hurt right now. Because I don't have my fucking baby. So that was my post-traumatic stress disorder. On top of everything that's happened to me since I was three years old. And at that time, I was 21. So did I ever get therapy for any of that? No. Did I ever get a time to breathe, relax, and recruit with myself? No. Because every single waking moment of my day was how do I fucking survive? I don't get to look at 18 as something hopeful because it's like, oh shit, this is the end. What do I do if I don't got no house? I don't got no job. I don't got shit. I'm going to be on the street. And then like, what the fuck? School. I only got one shot at this in college. If I fall off or fall back, I don't have parents to fall on to. Fall back on that will take care of me and allow me time to mentally heal like you're supposed to have. To be productive and do this shit right the second time around. We don't have that chance. We do it right the first time. Are we just another statistic? So from trauma from all the way from fucking two and a half years old. And I'm talking about trauma so severe, I woke up at three. So it happened to me at two, and I woke up at three. So I was in a coma. They told my mama I was fucking dying. And she left after that. I ain't see her never no more until I was 15 years old. And at that time, I was two years old, comatose. Till three years old. Waking up with nothing and nobody, so. When I say I'm different, I'm different. When I love you, man, I love you, man. I love you. And I'll do anything for you, even people I don't know. We outside, it's raining, and I got a house, bruh. I'm going to a house, you got my jacket, you got my shoes, whatever it is that make you warm out here on these streets. Because you out here on these streets, I got a house to go back to. I'll warm up when I get there. I don't give a fuck how much I get rained on. I don't give a fuck who look at me strange. Because all I got on is a tank top and some leggings. I had on more clothes, but somebody else needed them more. And don't nobody ever got to acknowledge me for that. Don't nobody ever got to record me for that. It's just what you're supposed to do as a fucking human being. So when I say looking inside of myself to heal from All the shit that I've been through, it took a lot because you don't want to see that you have negative traits. You say, I'm fine. Everything good with me. 
But eventually you have to look at yourself and be like, well, all of these people only have me in common. They don't know each other outside of me. So what do I have to work on to be better and do better? Because I want better, not just for me, but for my daughter and her future. Because the children are our future and it's not looking so bright right now. And that's also another topic for another time because that's going to be a heavy one and I'm still not even sure I'm ready to address it, you know. But it's just like, man, you got to really sit down and be honest with yourself and some people can't do it alone. So it's nothing wrong with therapy. It's nothing wrong with that. To have someone else to help sort out your problems and to validate your feelings. Because sometimes, as a person who's discounted their whole life, as someone in the background their whole life, who's told they don't matter, who's treated like they matter, even if they're not told that actions mean everything. So they always treat it like they matter. They don't give a fuck for somebody who wants to listen to you. That can mean more than anything. And that can be the one thing that you need to get to your breakthrough so don't hold yourself from it. Fuck what everybody else say, because guess what? They're going to talk while you're homeless. They're going to talk when you're rich. They're going to talk when you're in the gutter. They're going to talk. But what the fuck they say, it don't fucking matter because you did that shit. There are certain one points of my life, like the time I was molested at four, or the time I was gang raped at 12, 9, 13, 15, you know, till I blacked out and shit parts of my life, just one aspect of my life typed up. That time I went into the West and a gun was held at my ass. Time niggas almost cut my throat for thinking I was somebody else. Got robbed eight times and luckily they ain't never killed my ass for whatever the fucking reason. But I just knew I was fucking dying. So just one different aspect of my life has caused people to jump in front of trains or jump off of bridges and take pills or slip wrists and all that shit. And I'm here after several. Just last week, niggas hit me for insurance fraud. Airbags deployed, niggas damn near fucking died for whatever measly amount they giving you. That's traumatic. It's stressful on extreme levels because if I would have died in that point, don't nobody give a fuck about my daughter like I would besides her dad and he's not in a situation to where he can provide for her. And that's why I do everything I can to make sure that I can. On his behalf as well as my own. And do my best to let her know that her feelings matter even when I'm upset. Even when she's upset, you have every right to be upset. But at the same time, you need to be upset with yourself because only you got you in your situation because only you made that choice. So only you have to deal with the consequences of your choice. Right or wrong, and as your mother, I'm never going to tell you nothing that's going to get you hurt, nothing that's going to get you in trouble, 
or nothing that's going to get you killed. So you should have no problem with listening to me at all. And the other thing, like I used to say to my nieces, and they'll tell you it sounds familiar. I didn't ask you no questions. I gave you a directive. So there should be no responses, only movement and action. Go. So if I'm telling you to do something, there's no room for buts, ands, or that. Because I didn't ask you a question. I told you to do something. So that's all I want to see is the movement and actions of you doing what the fuck I told you to do. Period. And I may parent different. Because real talk outside of a select few, I didn't really have parents. I didn't really have family. So as a parent, my only goal was to be the mother that I longed for on nights when I was by myself, nights when I slept outside, nights when it's just like, why the fuck am I even the fuck alive right now? Those type of nights. I wouldn't want my daughter to ever experience that. I wouldn't want my enemy's child to ever experience that. But people experience it. And a lot of times, you know, when it comes to rape and sexual assault, it's women's telling they fault. And even when it's not, it's like when the person gets off from doing it, it's like basically saying your shit don't matter. They can rape you and just keep on raping because you weren't what society views as wholesome enough to be considered an actual victim to where they actually made motherfuckers be accountable. Or you don't have enough money to go up against the motherfucker that did whatever the fuck they did to you. You see? So you begin to feel like you don't matter or it's all type of situations. You were snatched off the street and held till a certain age as a sex, you know, worker. You were trafficked. You were put on the street. You was drugged up so that you could do those nights and all that type of stuff. None of that shit is you. But for survival's purposes, you did it. But just because you had to do it to be here, it doesn't make you who you is. It doesn't define you. I've done a lot of things, some which I can't speak on for certain reasons obvious reason that most people would say I'm not proud of. But no matter what I did in my life, even if at the time it felt wrong or it was wrong, considered wrong, all of those choices and things that I did shaped me to be the person that I am today. And I wouldn't trade me right now for the world. Because when I say Monday through Friday, I get the opportunity to help over 300 people in the community a day. And it's slow because of COVID, so just imagine a regular day. But right now, over 300 people a day, 40 people a day, 75 people a day, depending on how many people show up. But no less than 50 people a day. And I love that. Because a lot of them were the people that other people couldn't help simply because all they had was degrees. But me, I lived that life. I've been there. I've slept under a bridge with a baby tucked in, my hoodie and a hand on my knife in my pocket. 
Because that's what I had to do. Okay? I've been raped before. We've been through that. Did there, been there. Been beaten up and shit. Been teased and all type of shit. So I can relate to so many people on so many levels. And I guess that's what my gift was because all I ever wanted to do was be able to help people. And now I'm in that position and it feels so awesome. It's exhausting, yes. But to know that people leaving here with a better understanding than what they came with is something that I say to be able to connect them with other services they may not have heard of to be able to help them is awesome. So post-traumatic stress disorder. Some people, their entire lives are trauma. Like my brother, rest in peace, who was killed by his foster parents at four years old. They beat him every single day of his life. All he knew was hate. He didn't know that he had siblings that loved him. He didn't know there were people out there that cared. The social worker knew what was happening and still chose to keep him there. Had she just took him with her, he could still be here today. But I say that to say every day of his life was filled with hate. And imagine to process that as an adult, but he wasn't an adult. You're a toddler, you're four years old and under. So your whole life up until four years old was filled with hate. How was you supposed to know anything else? How do you process anything else as regular? If you're one of the people who are sexually assaulted by a relative, which thank goodness I wasn't, but some people are. How do you trust again? That takes strength. That takes courage. And look at whether you believe it or not, you're doing it in some capacity. You're trusting an educator to teach you something new, right? You're trusting a map to show you a different route. You're doing it, okay? But this episode, you know, I was given permission to record by Ms. Ray Marie. Her podcast is on the couch, okay, Instagram, at on the couch, okay, I'm hoping I'm saying on the couch, and that's what the name is, because you know your girl be getting up there sometimes, I'll be blazing, but Ray Marie at on the couch gave me permission to also give platform to this, because this is her idea, and yes, I didn't think about it, but it is important, because we don't get therapists, we don't get special paid services, for this type of stuff because oftentimes we were flirtatious or we wore something provocative or we asked for it in some shape or form. Bitch, I'm five years old. When I lost my virginity, that wasn't willingly. How can a five-year-old ask for it? You know? So there's not many things I'm against, but I'm totally against clover love because I do believe love has an age because you don't comprehend certain things until certain ages. So love does have an age, okay? And it's not four years old. 
because that leads to post-traumatic stress disorder. You always talking down on your kid's name, calling them, calling them ugly, saying they dumb and stupid, calling them motherfuckers and bitches. That hurts them psychologically. And oftentimes that psychological abuse is irreversible because they go their whole lives thinking, well, this is what my mama says this was, that's all I am. And if don't nobody ever come along to tell them different and they don't tell themselves different, well, guess who thinks that their whole life? And then victims of sexual assault who not only had to deal with being sexually assaulted, but then have to be in deal with telling us it's our fault and then have to deal with our, you know, our predators getting off on it, like, and being able to do it with other people just because, you know, we weren't deemed value enough, valuable enough to be taken seriously. In a society that claims to value every man equally. So yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder doesn't just affect veterans. It may affect more people than you know. And that's why my motto became this, and I'm going to share it with you. And I want you to think on it. I want you to just think about it. You never know what anyone is going through or what they've been through in their life and in this lifetime. So rather than add to their hurt, be a reason that they can smile even if it's just for a second, even if it's just in that moment, that could be the moment that saves their life. Reflect on it this heavy, so I'm gonna cut this short. But thank you guys. Love you guys. Keep listening. I'm gonna try to come up with something that's more uplifting for next week, but this has to be addressed because it is heavy, because it is intense. And we still have women and children disappearing at alarming rates. And no one's paying attention to that. Wake it up, people, for sure.